Today, Joe and I are, are doing a teaching based on Mark 8, and really we're talking about getting our mindset, our mindset in the right place, particularly this time of, of you know, real strange time of pressures that we're in. We want to encourage everybody with that. So I'm just going to read the passage that we're jumping off from, that we're teaching from, and then and we'll get into it. And we'll invite you, if you're on with us live, just to make comments, questions in the comments box, and we'll get to them. We'll get to them shortly. So uh, Mark 8, 14 to 21, again, just quickly, the context is the disciples had seen and been involved in feeding the 4,000 and before that feeding the 5,000, and now they're in a boat with Jesus. So they're in this boat. They'd, it says, verse 14, they'd forgotten to bring bread and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. So, you know, 13 guys, one loaf is not going to be enough, is it? Uh, and he cautioned them saying, watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not understand? So this is, uh, I think I think he's kind of nicely telling them off. <laughs> Definitely a challenge in there. Yeah, challenging them. And like, do you not understand? And they could clearly, they could clearly remember the event. I'm, I don't know about you, Joe, but if I'd been in the middle of feeding... 5,000 plus people, I would definitely remember the remember that yeah. it happened. Um, yeah, that would be a good testimony. <laughs> yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Hi, David Bell. Thanks for letting us know you're there. Um, and, and so he's he's saying um, he's expecting something from them that they're not they're not producing. Um, and uh, they've been exposed to this incredible these incredible miracles of provision. And now they're like, well, we've just got one loaf. They can't even hear what he's trying to teach them now about the leaven of the Pharisees and, and, and uh, of Herod. Um, and he's expect, he's expecting them to have got more out of those uh, feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000 miracles than they actually had. Um, and I, I, that, that, passage has just puzzled me and challenged me for actually for ages um and i think there's something we can really learn learn from it if we if we look into it i don't know about you joe but i i, I don't want to be i don't i would like not to be on the end of that kind of rebuke <laughs> yeah no i think i think it's um so easy to um you know for god to do things in our lives and have seen him do things but when we face that challenge again or we hit up against you know um those challenges where we've seen him provide but is he going to provide this time um you know we can really lack faith despite the fact that god has done incredible amazing things in our lives or in the lives of the family around us and the community around us so it's definitely, I read that passage and think this is such a challenge to us. So what we want to dig into here is that, that to help us not be in the, literally the same boat as the disciples going forward, that, that we are better uh, at uh, healthily processing those events. And 
I think it applies to God speaks, God does things for us and around us. Um, I mean, I was so struck, like, you know, lockdown, COVID, pandemic. Uh, when I was rereading this passage, I just felt God remind me that he, he never, he always prepares us for the thing we're, we're about to enter. So I st- it made me review things he was saying to me and doing with me before pandemic arrived, because obviously here they were, it wasn't a major crisis, one loaf, but here they were needing bread and Jesus had already prepared them for this particular event through the events that preceded it. Uh, and God's so kind to us in that, that, that that's made me rethink and pull on what he was saying before before this whole craziness you know engulfed us because he was actually getting us ready and i I don't know about you but there's some i actually found he said some really amazing stuff to me before the craziness hit yeah no absolutely and i think um you know we often talk about how important it is to write those things down or to kind of recall them again because the sands can shift and the environment around us can shift the whole time but like ultimately god remains like constant doesn't he and he's our rock and um if we can stand on that rock knowing that he is a good god that he's a god that will provide he's a god um you know that that does miracles in the midst of crazy times um you know it's it's just so important to sort of stand on the rock rather than stand on the sand yeah it's really good and and i was looking at the the greek you know it says that they were discussing amongst themselves that they translate that differently uh, in different Bible versions. So I looked at the Greek word, and one word study said that they were having a uh, a confused discussion between confused people with a confused outcome. That's a lot of confusion, <laughs> right there. So, so this is this the, the Greek. It's sometimes interesting getting into the Greek. So Jesus is list. He's obviously they're in the same boat, and how big it is. But he's just listening to this chat. And, and what I, what my summary of that is, they had experienced all this stuff, but they, it was spiritually unproductive. They could, they could physically remember the event, but it had meant to, they'd meant to have processed it in a way that was different, and they were processing it now in this unproductive, confused way. And Jesus was then picking them up on it and saying, in fact, he asked them a series of questions. He says, do you not understand? Are your heart still hardened? Do you, do you not remember? I mean, he's really kind of asking more than one question uh, to try and get behind why they're not processing this stuff properly. And uh, th- this is what we're kind of exploring today is how, how we mm-hmm. can, A, what is, what is that place? Where does he want us to be? And how can we process things uh, you know more productively absolutely and, and what do you think Andy is the response you know the response as disciples as as those disciples as, as us like as disciples what's what sort of our response to Jesus in that well I think I think I'm too often I'm like them rather than how Jesus is wanting me to be which is probably why the passage has fascinated me for so long and yet um because that final line, I think, I think it might be in the NIV. So it says, "Do you still not get it?" You yeah, know, you've seen this, and you've seen that, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've seen these. I have seen I have seen amazing things. I have seen. I've seen a baby raised from the dead. I've seen a paraplegic walk. I've seen cancer healed. I've seen over and over again. Seen incredible ways that God has provided for either us as a family or as a church. And yet, when the next challenge comes." 
I'm still prone to be more like them. It's like, I've only got the loaf. You know, I've only yeah. got, this is all there is. How are we going to get done? Because how are we going to get through? Because I've only got this or I've got this thing that needs healed or this need that needs met and I only have. Uh, and I think what I started to realise is I'm starting from the wrong place. Mm. But yeah, I, I feel more more um, oh, I'm, uh, more empathy for the disciples. But that's why I'm challenged by it. That's why I, I, you know, yeah. I'm trying to learn from this. Yeah, I think it, it draws me back into um, that passage in in Ephesians. And actually, we taught on Ephesians, didn't we? Kind of. Yeah, yeah that's good, Joe. Yeah, or yeah, remind us. Yeah, it, it just really takes me back to that that passage in Ephesians in Ephesians four twenty three to twenty four, where Paul he Paul says like instead, um, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, and put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And I don't know if anyone remembers kind of um, you know when we were teaching on that that chapter, I kind of um, recalled a, a story, an amazing testimony of a guy. Um, who had been a drug addict and he had been in a church service one day um, and he was really struggling with his addiction and the the, the minister at the end of the service um, said you know if you if you want to get baptized then then come forward and, and we'll baptize you today we'll baptize you now and the guy sort of sort of was sitting there just going I know that this is for me like it was like the whole sermon had been like the, the minister was just literally speaking to him. And uh, so he just knew he had to respond. And so he responded and he got baptized. And, and as he went into the water, and as he came out of the water, a new creation, you know, it talks, you know, yes. it's all about like dying to your old self and coming up into your, into new life. And as that new creation, and um, he walked out of that church and he discovered that he was completely healed of his addiction. His, his, his whole um, attitude and behaviors and, lifestyle had been completely rewired in that moment um as, as jesus sort of did that um, and you know incredible incredible miracle but sort of also reminded that that um the word new in that passage is actually if you look at the original translation is is in the present continuous tense and so although you we can have these miracle moments where god can rewire our mind and yeah. uh, change our behaviors and our attitudes in a moment and shift them forever um like he did that like in that instance actually for for many of us it's that it's that present continuous it's that choice daily to renew our minds and to be reminded of the things that god has done and to live in that new mindset and to live with that new faith like you know daily really i i really like that and i mean it brings to to mind the the word often we don't like using, but repentance. Um, it's almost like we need to recover it. It's a healthy word because it, it it touches what you're saying touches back in you know this the guy you're you know the example you're using to illustrate that that Ephesians passage. He'd been transformed in that moment, and then that new birth experience then got fleshed out in his actual life experience, didn't it? Yeah. And that, that's what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for that, that to keep happening in our life. Uh, so his repentance bore fruit in something in, in, his, in his life. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah it, it, it's a great example of what, you, what, you, what you're teaching out of that, uh, that passage. Yeah, so. and I guess the, you know, it, it, gives me, it gives me hope, that passage, that 
yes, it can happen in an instant, but actually more often than not, it is that constant renewal. And it's the, um, you know, it's the daily transformation, the daily choice to live in the new mindset and to create yeah. those attitudes and those behaviors. It's amazing, actually, because, um, um, yeah, I know, I guess I was talking to you earlier and we'll probably come back to a bit more on probably the repentance stuff, but you know, it's a spiritual thing, isn't it? It's a spiritual thing, but it's also, it's also a biological thing. Like our minds and our, yeah. are, are, you know, we're made body, mind and spirit, aren't we? And um, the incredible thing, you know, I'm not, I'm no scientist. I'm not a biologist, but I was reading about um, neural pathways in your brain and how, um, they're formed and they're created it's like these if you can imagine sort of almost like roads that become um, more and more entrenched kind of roads from a to b between yes. kind of your body and your and your brain and these neural pathways get formed as we as we kind of live our behaviors or attitudes or thoughts or feelings so if you associate fear with seeing a bull or something you know your 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 brain and your body will respond um, to that because the neural pathway yes formed in your mind and you know it's incredible because it, it's a spiritual thing this renewal of your mind but it's like actually we have a we have a part to play don't we in in the forming the right pathways because yes. we form them the more the more we kind of um, think about certain things or respond to circumstances in certain ways the more our brain will just go there automatically yeah. because it just it gets used to that and so I think the challenge to us is to face a challenging situation where maybe we need provision or something and what's our first thought what's our starting place like you said yeah. like the starting place that we um that we have I, I think that's what he's like those questions he's asking them is he's trying to do that he's trying to get them to start from a different place so if you like their neural pathways their habits are programmed to us aren't they they're like we only have this and the questions are trying to dig them out of that rut, if you'd like, rut of thinking and, and even feeling it and into something else. I mean, as I meditated on it, I thought I thought that. I thought this is the their reasoning is we only have one loaf. And that's what he's picking them up on. He's saying, no, that's the wrong place to start from. So he's not didn't at this point, Christians get nervous about, well, that you know. We, we shouldn't deny reality you know we don't want to get into you know someone you pray for their broken leg and it's still broken and they're still claiming it by faith and that's not what jesus is doing here he's not saying deny the fact that you only have one loaf is i think he's saying everything that you've experienced of me and seen of me so far should have adjusted your approach to this so that you don't start with the fact that you only have one loaf you start with a from a different place because you've seen how it's possible to access all of heaven's resources regardless of how many loaves you've got to feed how many people that the, yeah. there's no there's no logical earthly connection between how many people you need to feed and how many loaves you've got because there's another factor in this equation start there not down here with the one the one thing and i guess to me that's that's repentance it's like your guy he'd repented he got baptized but then that for us we have to keep repenting <laughs> we have to keep yeah. having a we have to keep being adjusted change so that we start from a heavenly place not an earthly place and uh, 
just a quick reminder if you're on live with this, just to say hi. Just said hi to Dave Bell, Gideon. If you're there, just say hi. And post up a comment and in question as we, we're doing this. We'll we're getting through our material, then we'll we'll we'd love to respond to any questions you guys might have too. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's this whole I just felt that it, we're saying the same thing in different ways, but they, their foundation was wrong. Their default position was still wrong, although they'd been exposed to massively powerful things. And he's trying by the questions to get them to start in a different place, to literally repent and and process the experiences of God they were having in a way that was spiritually productive and start to bring their issues to him uh, in prayer, if you like, in a, a, from a completely different way. And I'm starting to try and do that. Instead of going, oh, God, here's the need. I only have, I only have this much money and I need this much money. I only have, this is the situation I'm praying for uh, in, in this person's body, or this is a situation I need wisdom for and I haven't got any, going, actually, I have access to everything you have. Uh, I'm seated with you. I'm a son who has access to all the goodies there are in, in the father's resources. And I want to bring that to bear on the fact that there's only one loaf. I, I want to, I want to release the the provision of heaven into the earthly reality that I'm facing. And, and, and as we've been praying that, that actually around that kind of style is where we've seen some of the, like we saw crones healed on the prayer stream that's parallel to this, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, not going, oh my goodness, it's crones, it's it's whatever. Yeah, God, yeah. we've got this in front of us. Please help us. Going, actually, we're sons, daughters. We're starting from the place of access, of seated with Him in heaven, and that that's an ongoing process. It, it just feels easier to go back in those old pathways at times. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we've got Matty online as well. Hi, Matty. Hi, Matty. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And I guess with this passage too, you know, um, the disciples are there with Jesus um, and their automatic reaction isn't to go and ask him, you know, what are you doing in this? Or what, what you know, yeah. <laughs> what, what should we do here? It's just like, we only have one loaf, you know, amongst themselves. Um and you know, and the reality is, is that we we commune with Jesus, don't we? Like we, we've we've got access to Him all all the time. So I, yeah. we, like, where do we look? Who do we look to? <laughs> I wonder if they're a bit worried that because at least in one of the accounts, like I think it's feeding the five thousand. He says, "You give them something to eat." <laughs> and maybe that's what they're thinking. Oh, we know we've got one loaf, thirteen guys, and we know what's coming next. Ah. <laughs> yeah exactly we're nowhere near a shop <laughs> yeah no you're in a boat now <laughs> <laughs> probably that's probably true uh, yeah I, I guess just a reminder if you've got um questions or thoughts about this you know what we're talking about like pop them in the comments box we want this to be um we want this yeah. to be interactive in a time kind of like share amongst ourselves yes when, when i was looking at it i, I found colossians 3 again really helpful it's probably a bit parallel to your ephesians 4:23 passage it says that we are we are I'll, I'll, I'll dig it out actually because uh, but it basically says to set our minds on the things that are above um 
because we're already seated there, the Colossians passage, we're already seated there, we're already in heavenly places, so set your minds on the things that are above. Um, and that that's something we get to do. But as, when I looked it up, it, it, it was... The, the, again, it's one of those words that gets translated differently in different translations. And what I, what I discovered was the Greek word to set your mind is there's one Greek word, but it needs more than one English word to translate it because the Greek word encompasses, accompanies, no, uh, encompasses, that's the word I'm after, mm -hmm. two, yeah. two ideas. It's like we always think mind is the reasoning, but it also it encompasses the the emotional response so the one word in greek says let your the way you feel about this and the way you reason about this be set on things above and we we don't have that in our culture because we don't have it in our language but that's a, a biblical idea is that we're setting our internal reasoning our mind and our feelings on heavenly realities yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's why, you know, we, we've all had, you know, Hope Church has seen many like encounters with the Lord and sometimes strange experiences that affect us here. But I think something the Lord's doing in that is trying to connect how we feel about heaven and him with how we think about it and, and, and have them both happen together. So when we experience a miracle, it's meant to affect how we think and how we feel about the next need that that we face and i think that that then ties into me with repentance because it talks about godly sorrow leads to repentance and what mm. i've talked for years you know repentance is metanoia is change the mind and wondered why it says godly sorrow leads to change of mind and i think it's because it's this the biblical perspective is it's a transformation is repentance is feeling and thinking yeah I'm gonna feel and think different about what I'm facing because I know who I am and where I am yeah that's so helpful I think that's so helpful obviously those of us who you know love the old Myers-Briggs personality types you know obviously you can fall somewhere between the thinker and the feeler where you're got you govern yeah, or you're governed by your mind but ultimately as people we we are um we're thinkers and feelers it's just yes, my preference sort of leans towards one or that we're guided by one and I think to remember that we're you know just it, you know understanding that that passage doesn't just doesn't just mean fix your mind and think fix your rationale and your thoughts on him but actually fix your whole body body mind and spirit and you know yeah. that holistic approach again that we sort of lose in our translate in our translation yeah I think we do and I think I've also felt it connects to worship because there's something about worship that isn't just I'm singing glorious truths in worship. For me, anyway, I start to engage with the glorious truth. I engage with the God of the glorious truth. I'm I'm having an experience as well as singing about a reality yeah. or, or expressing love and affection to the Lord. And that's a that, that's that's a powerful thing. I think worship reprograms us, as it were, gets those neural pathways you were talking about, tuning into heaven's realm, functioning from that that reality first. To me, it's all about where we go first. I guess do we go with I only have one coffee and I need ten, or do we go I have access to everything? Let's see how we can get that. 
Yeah. Which is what Jesus taught them, isn't he? He, he said, pray like this. Our Father, you are in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he said, give us today our daily bread. He started from that posture and that place first. Yeah. And I think maybe that's one of the things God's wanting to do with us, to remind us who we are and where we are and therefore what. Let's start with that. Let, let's train our, our default. Let me train my default to, wow, I have access to all this rather than, I only have this and yeah. I'm trying not to present to him all the time. The only have, I'm trying to go, thank you. I'm with you. You're in me. You're on me. You're for me. And now I'm going to bring that to whatever my situation is. Exactly. It's a yeah. process though. It's a process. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess, um, you know, the, the big question really is how we do this. How do we, how do we do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if nobody else asks us questions, we're going to keep, asking the questions that we and uh, try and land this now yeah so i mean yeah, you had some great what stuff are your thoughts well yeah i can give i can give some thoughts i guess um i think you know andy you're gonna maybe touch upon some of the individual application but you know i i love the fact that we um aren't really called to do this alone we're not called to sort of you know have you know walk our spiritual journey alone like we're, we're built into community and we're built into a into a family and yes for me I feel like actually there's something that the power of testimony really comes into its own here so you know we've talked about it we've talked about it today like about stories of God doing incredible things and miracles and whether they're your own stories or they're stories of others actually you know and today in the hope family thing you know people sharing testimony and then praying over each other if other people are looking for you know things that 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 they're facing that that um that we've seen incredible things in and and I think the power of testimony not only kind of imparts truth to each other it, it really builds faith doesn't it and um I've been part of many yes. small groups who have kind of kept a testimony journal oh then Matty that's exactly what I was going to ask ah, how <laughs> Glad we're glad we're on. That's good. We're on track. <laughs> we're on track. So um, yeah. So I think like you know, the, the keeping like testimony journals, like either in groups or, or on your own, so that at times when you're faced with a challenge again and maybe you lack faith, you can look back um, at the answered prayers and you look, you can look back at those testimonies is really is really key. And you know, either in journals or you know, often you know, it just in, in doing life with each other, really like Dave and I often, um, you know, particularly with Dave's business, it's been like really challenging, challenging and required yeah. so much faith, but God has done incredible things over the, over the years. And sometimes it takes for me to, you know, like he might be faced with another challenge and, and circumstance and, and it takes for me to say, but remember, remember what God has done. Remember that God did this. Yeah. Um, and he can do it again he, he did he did it once he'll do it again and and to have people that you're sort of just journeying with who can speak into each other's lives and say but but do you, do you remember like God did this in your life or God did this in my life and you know I really believe that he can do it again let's stand together is uh is really important isn't it yeah and I think that connects to one of my things is learning how so that's doing it with someone else but I really think that I am learning and we need to learn how to get the nutrients out of what God has done and what he's said and not just move on from it really quickly. So we've got this sort of instant world, you know, your, your, your phone is pinging, 
you're on, and we can get programming to what the next exciting input. But actually, what he's expecting is he says something, he wants us to take it seriously, chew on it. He does something, he wants us to rem he wants us to remember it. Now, what you're saying is we can help one another remember, and that's absolutely vital. But what we're doing is pulling his reality, our experiences of him to the forefront, and we're chewing it over, which is what meditate means. It's like, wow, I saw God do that. God spoke this word to me. What, what does that mean? There was something he spoke to me in January. I've written it in my journal, January the 3rd, and I'm still thinking about it. I went on a walk the other day. I was like, it was Oh, that and and it, bit by bit, I feel like I'm getting the juices out of what he was saying, rather than oh, that was a really great time. So I think yeah. slowing down a bit and appreciating, chewing on the things we hear from God and we see God do, uh, which is why we love to do testimony because we want mm. to celebrate people's breakthroughs, but we want to go a bit further than that and go. Well, what he said he could do, he could do. And I wonder if he wants to do again. And I wonder if we learn to process that a little bit better, we'll see yeah. more repeat breakthroughs. Like we go, that's really amazing. Isn't that great, that job provision? Isn't it great how Michelle prayed for other people's promotion and then she ended up with a promotion? That yeah. God could do that for me. I'm going to pray for promotion of all the people around me and then you suddenly have another testimony because you processed it. You haven't just rejoiced in her breakthrough. Yeah. And so I think that's a practical thing for me. And then trying, trying to train myself to pray different is the other thing. It, it just seems to be the whole Christian culture is, oh, dear God, I only have a loaf. Please will you come and bless my loaf? Please will you break into my one loaf situation? And we're trained to pray like that. And I'm trying to train myself to go, Father, thank you. I'm with you. You're with me. I'm, I am seated with you in heavenly places. So I set my affections and my thinking on that realm first. Yeah. Now let's talk about and speak into and pray into what's required. Yeah. I don't know if you've got any other Well, I guess that's, it's like, yeah, it's like we talk about the power of declarations, don't we? And obviously we it does, yeah. There's so many declarations as a family, but the, um, you know, in, in, during this time, but actually that that learning to um to declare rather than I think it is about sort of shifting you're coming from a different you're coming from a different starting point aren't you because you're coming from the truth of who God is and and what we believe he wants to do um rather than ah you know the I've only got one loaf kind of mentality so I think that's that's really that's really good that's really helpful we're, we're doing our, our teaching equip session this morning uh from hope church so uh a lot of people are currently in breakout uh, rooms through this zoom but obviously if you're watching this you won't be in one of them so i just want to do just to do uh, personally teach you what we're discussing today which is out of mark 8 and verse 14 and and it is the story of, of jesus is in the boat with the disciples it's not the storm story it's the story where they are uh, in the boat and they've only got one loaf and Jesus is trying to talk to them about the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod but they're discussing amongst themselves about the fact that they they only have one loaf and, and this is despite the fact that the context of this passage is they've just seen him uh, well uh, him feed the 4,000 and before that feed the 5,000 so 
and they were involved with that. Their, their hands gave out the bread and, and, and the fish. And yet here they are, there's 13 guys in a boat with only one loaf, and they're, they're getting hung up on the fact that they don't have enough bread. And, and the outcome of that is they're not really listening to, to what Jesus is, is teaching them. They're not listening to what he's trying to tell them, which is obviously quite important. Uh, he's trying to talk to them about the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. Um, but they can't hear that. All occupied is, uh, is with this fact that they have no bread. So Jesus hears their discussion and he talks to them and he says, uh, do you, basically he says, do you still not get it? You know, do you still not understand? Are your heart still hardened? Uh, when we did the, when we fed the 4,000, how many baskets were left over? When we fed the 5,000, how many baskets were left over? And, and he's expecting them to have been, so impacted by seeing those previous miracles that when they came to this situation which is on a scale is much smaller as one loaf for 13 guys it wouldn't be an issue it wouldn't be forefront of their mind they would be able to dialogue with him about what is on his agenda which is the leaven of the pharisees and of herod mm. so he He's 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 rebuking them. He's he's if a sense he's puzzled why in a sense he's puzzled why they don't get it, and and I find myself in this situation often. I find many of us uh, are in this place where God has shown us something, we've experienced something of Him, or He's spoken something to us, and yet when it comes to a, a, a big moment, a moment of need, or a, mo a moment of pressure, we're we're a bit. Duck, and it's as if we didn't hear or we didn't experience the things that we experienced. And, and, and actually, the Lord's really kind to us. I was thinking about this COVID season. I think he prepared us for it. You know, so in a sense, Jesus had already prepared them for this moment of a lack of bread uh, by giving them incredible miracles previously. Um, and he's a good father. He's always preparing us for the, for the next season. And uh, so it's made me go back to look at what he was saying to me before the pandemic. It's made me go back and look, look what was he doing for the pandemic because he was wanting to give me supply, instruction, uh, nutrients, if you like, um, and, and for the season I'm now in, that I would be prepared rather than uh, disorientated, which it's easy to be disorientated at this time if we're not uh, listening to what the Father's been saying and we're not connected to that. So uh, we really want to, we really don't want to be like the disciples here. We want to, yet many of us are, this is our experience. So how do we process well? How do we get the spiritual nutrients we need out of the things that Jesus has done for us, has said to us, has taken us through? How, is there something we can, we can learn here so that, that, that we are, 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 uh, are changed, we are, our perspective is shifted. Uh, and one of the things you see here is Jesus is tuning into their conversation, and it says that their different translations slightly different. They're reasoning together, they're discussing together. Uh, and the, the Greek word here is quite funny. One, one Greek word study puts it this way, that the word means that it's a discussion, a confused discussion between confused people results in a confused outcome so obviously they're not they're not spiritually productive in this and they're they're talking about the fact it says that they have one loaf and and this is what jesus comes in on so it seems that their unproductive reasoning 
is focused around their focus on the facts. Now, I know that's uncomfortable for us, but, but most of us grow up with being taught to focus on the perceived facts. Now, what I'm not saying here is that we should, I don't know, if we get prayer for healing for a broken leg and the leg is still broken, we should, I'm not saying here that we deny that the leg is broken and start walking on it. That, that, it's not that kind of thing that we're on here. But there's a perspective shift that Jesus is expecting to have happened to them and I guess to us through exposing them to these incredible spiritual experiences. He's ex expecting them not to start with those facts um, because that is an unproductive place to begin with. And that's obviously what they're doing. And now they're stuck with the facts rather than able to introduce heaven's solution into the situation, which they saw Jesus do twice now with feeding the 4,000 and feeding the 5,000. And I'd like to suggest to you that, that Colossians are something to help us with here. Colossians at 3, 1 to 3 just pulling out from verse two says set your minds on the things above because we're already seated there as believers because that's our home the place we function from the idea is that we set our minds there so that we begin there we begin from there rather than earth so we're not saying there isn't a problem with a lack of bread we're just saying we're coming at it from a place of royal sons and daughters who are seated in heavenly places who have access to all the bread. Uh, Paul puts it this way in Philippians 4, a verse many people are familiar with, uh, talking about God providing the needs of the Philippians. He says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> He's saying that God's able to move, if you like, the resources of heaven into the earthly realm, which is clearly what the disciples had seen happen feeding the 4,000, feeding the 5,000. Something touched the few loaves and the few fish from another realm to make them more abundant than they, 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 even than they needed. Uh, he wants us to begin there. He wants us to begin uh, like he taught them to pray from heaven to earth. He taught them to pray, Our Father, you are in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven and then the next thing is to pray for daily bread so i want to suggest to you that that we're being encouraged here to move away from beginning our prayer life and our approach to life with just the facts the needs the pressure to go hey i'm seated in heavenly realms i have access to all of heaven's resources i want to see you god i i, I pray now god that these resources will be released into this need. So we're not defined, we're not limited by the need. We're we're uh, experiencing and praying in from the unlimited realm of heaven where we're seated, where we've got a good father looking after us who wants to help us and 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 uh, see these things change, and see provision happen, see see uh, a breakthrough happen, see wisdom come. I mean. It doesn't have to be physical bread here. There's the, the, the a number of situations that we face in life where we're facing a lack of knowledge, lack of wisdom, a need in our family, a need in our, our marriage. He's wanting to adjust us so that we come at it from almost like a, a heavenly wealthy perspective rather than we just don't have enough. We just don't have enough uh, to approach 
sorry, I've got my words jumbled up there, but rather than just coming with, we only have, we only have the need coming with, we have access to heaven, which can meet this need that is facing us. And, and there's some things we were, we've been talking about. How do we, you know, practically, how can we help ourselves? How can we help one another reprogram to this, this place? And actually one of them is that we just, re, that we remind one another of the God stories and the impact of the God stories. So the power of testimony is really significant to help us feed on the nutrients of heaven as, as they've come to us. Um, that, that's a, a really important thing. And another thing that is really important is, is that we stop and meditate on what God has said and what he's done and that we don't treat his interaction with our life like watching a movie, which impacts us for a moment. And then we go on to the next, exciting movie or the next you know if you're watching a box set you know we just want the next one because it always ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger so you want the next one in in the series and and, and he doesn't want us to treat what he does in our lives and what he says to us that way he wants us to meditate so joshua 1 8 is a fantastic verse on this it says it talks about meditating on the book of the law day and night that you may be careful to do it and then you'll have great success. And it's obviously talking about scripture, which we should meditate on. But I think also we are meant to meditate and digest the things that God is doing, as well as the things that he's saying. And that word meditate is chew over, is ponder, even growl. It's like, wow, this, you know, just get involved with it. Interrogate it. What were you, God, when you showed me that, when you spoke that to me, when you did that, what were you meaning? What were you doing? I want this to do more than just penetrate my mind and, and and the other interesting thing about the colossians verse we spoke about where it says set your minds on the things above is that the greek word there it, it, it is it's kind of almost untranslation untranslatable for us because we don't have an equivalent english word it, it literally means set your reasoning and your feelings on the things above and there's one word that says to do both things so the benefit of getting involved in meditation and chewing over it and the growling and the, we're starting to get our emotions as well as our thoughts involved in going, wow, or, or pause. Think about that. that. That engaging the whole person is something we need to do to actually move the way we feel about lack and need as, a, as well as the way we think about lack and need. And so these are some just some things that we can do to help train ourselves, train that muscle, move that perspective in our head. As Joe talked about, change the neural pathways. Um, it, it's it's we, we are drowning in, in gloomy news at the moment. And one way to help, and, and, and our, our minds seem to remember gloomy news easier. I've certainly found that. So... One of the things we need to do is train ourselves to remember the good news, remember the things that God has said and God has done and give it due attention. My, my experience is that as we give it that kind of value, then he gives us more and, and we get transformed from the inside out.